Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me over a Zoom recording on this fine evening is Dane. Dane, how you doing, man? Wags, I'm doing good. Uh, another Zoom podcast uh, we're putting on the books. It's a uh, it's a new world here. And uh, speaking of a new world, the Packers added a ton of undrafted free agents over the course of the last couple of weeks. And uh, I thought, uh, and I know you thought, it'd be fun to just talk through a little bit about the Packer signings because I thought, I always think it's telling, right? Um, what a, a team's direction is going to be uh, by, by some of the undrafted guys. And the Packers, time and again, have shown that they can find talent in the undrafted pool. And looking over the names, uh, I have no doubt they found another talent or two in this undrafted crop this season. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, most of these guys are not going to make the final roster. Uh, a few of them might be on the practice squad, but if there's one thing that we've learned, Dane, there's a good chance at least one or two of them uh, will be on that final 53-man roster to start the year, and another one or two could uh, be elevated to that roster at some point during the season. So it's never too early to start taking a look, and obviously a lot of that can be based on injury, but um, these guys are the next in in terms of uh, what we could be looking at uh, having to contribute on Sundays. So uh, I think uh, they tend to be forgotten sometimes when you're looking at the end of the roster. But um, I think there's some names um, certainly to, to keep an eye on. And uh, for me, uh, this isn't a be-all, end-all, but why don't we start with the guys that the Packers did invest a little bit more in up front. Still not a ton of money, but um, there were a, a group of six players that um, received signing bonuses and uh, a couple that actually got some guaranteed money as well. Um, so, Dane, uh, starting off with Travis Bruffy, he's an offensive tackle out of Texas Tech. What can you tell us about this kid? Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of fits the tone of what the Packers uh, seem to have done in the draft as well, which is find guys that are, are grinders, uh, big guys up front, and also guys who um, show leadership qualities. There's no doubt about it. He's another guy here. Uh, he was a two-time captain, started three years at Texas Tech. So, Wags, I mean, uh, talk about a guy who, who's been able to establish himself at, at a good football program in the past. And you know what really stands out to me about this young man is the Packers didn't invest really in any offensive tackles in the draft. Uh, John Runyon uh, was a tackle in college, but seems to be projecting more as a guard at the NFL level. Um, so this young man, uh, Valdir, has not been re-signed. There's a real chance, right, that this kid is battling for a roster spot here throughout summer uh, going into the fall. Yeah, and a smart kid was um, um, all Big 12 second team selection um, this past season. I had previously been an honorable mention 
Uh, so probably isn't the highest upside from an athletic standpoint, but um, certainly has a ton of experience, has that leadership quality Texas kid. Um, so uh, someone that uh, certainly to keep an eye out, he was one of the two guys, the Packers, uh, both gave a $7,000 signing bonus as well as 20000 in guaranteed base salary. So that tells me, Dane, that while certainly nothing is a guarantee, um, he's He's someone that they're looking at as having a leg up to, at minimum, most likely uh, have a really good chance of being on the practice squad to start the year. Um, and depending on how he does in camp, uh, possibly even competing for a position at one of those backup tackle spots as well. No doubt about it. And uh, you mentioned that $7,000 signing bonus. This is starting to become a trend over the last couple of years now with the Packers. I know last year as well, they gave out $7,000 signing bonuses to a number of players too. So this seems to be kind of their standard operating procedure, but you're right, Wags. You can really tell the Packers priority, the guys they want to bring in by that guaranteed base salary and 20,000 bucks, man. I know it's the NFL, but that's nothing to sneeze at. That was a great opportunity. I think for the Packers to be able to bring in uh, some talent and lock him in um, you know, and, and not maybe have him look uh, another direction. And I will say that he started a number of games at both left and right tackle and only gave up two sacks. So he's a guy who's a very good uh, pass blocking uh, offensive tackle and uh, somebody's going to need to add some weight, but also a guy who uh, wags to your point, he's going to battle his way throughout camp and he might be a dark horse candidate to make this 53 before it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just kind of going through all these guys, and we'll touch on all of them, uh, you know, at, at quickly at some point. Um, next, I, I wanted to talk about the linebacker, safety linebacker hybrid, um, Frankie Griffin uh, out of Texas State. Um, you know, this is a kid that uh, certainly uh, comes in a little bit undersized, but has uh, several years of starting experience. Dane, are you sensing a trend here, Texas kid? Um, it seems like the Packers are really, um, you look at all these picks the last couple of years, they seem to know what they're looking for in some of these players, don't they? Yeah, man. I mean, you're right. And again, hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. They're still looking, right? They're looking for that guy who can play the middle linebacker role in that dime defense. I know that uh, Raven Green has performed well at times, but has also had some injury issues. And it's very clear that they're looking for another guy who can run around a little bit like a missile out there, but also hold up against the run. And uh, Frankie Griffin, another one of those guys who might have an opportunity to do so. And I'm curious to see where they put him uh, in, the, in the base defense going forward. But Wags, don't be shocked, right, if we see this guy playing kind of that middle linebacker role and pass defense and see if he can stick his nose in there and make some plays. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a little undersized for that. Uh, he's only listed at six foot two oh five, um, so I'm not sure if the plan is to try to get him to bulk up a little bit. I'd be concerned about that size, but uh, if they're uh, looking at him as someone that uh, it can potentially play, uh, especially in passing situations, uh, that hybrid role, or at least come in to compete. Um, as you said, small school kids, sometimes you find these diamond in the roughs, um, someone that maybe is a late bloomer 
Um, and uh, again, another Texas kid uh, that can come in and, and compete. Um, and uh, potentially we'll see if he's able to uh, make a run at a spot um, either on the practice squad or, or potentially even uh, onto the active roster as a special teamer primarily or, or even in some situational uh, defensive situations as well. Very early to say, but uh, again, I think just based on his position uh, and his pedigree, um, definitely something to keep an eye out for. So um, anyway, um, next up, I've got uh, another offensive tackle, another small school kid. Uh, I don't know if you know a lot about this guy, Dane, but uh, Zach Johnson uh, out of North Dakota State. Um, he's another guy that the Packers gave a signing bonus to um, and another offensive tackle. You said we didn't really get a, a tackle in the draft, but they picked up uh, two of them here as undrafted free agents. Yeah, and Wags, Minnesota kid. Uh, he grew up up there in Blaine and uh, in Minnesota. And you know what I like about him is he's playing at one of those powerhouse schools, North Dakota State. Uh, out there in the FCS is just a powerhouse. So he played five years there, right? And in the five years he was there, NDSU won four national championships. This is a kid who's learned how to play football, learned how to win football, uh, just a big pushy around kind of guy. Um, so small school guy, but a big kid, 6'6", 315. Um, you know, I'm curious to see, right? He might be a bit more of a project, but also a guy who has winning experience and uh, has played an awful lot of football in his life. And you can never have too many of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for him. Um, then next up, I want to talk a little bit about this kid, Delonte Scott. Um, he's an edge guy out of SMU. Um, another, he was the other guy that we gave the guaranteed money to. So he's got a good agent. But uh, uh, if that means anything, uh, 15000 in guaranteed salary may have a leg up as well. Um, $7,000 signing bonus. Uh, so it's not a ton of money. But uh, this is, uh, wait for it, Dane, another Texas kid, um, <laughs> played in over 30 games uh, in his collegiate career, actually uh, played all four years after he redshirted his freshman year um, and started uh, 24 games over the course of his career. So a lot of experience, um, you know, uh, a, a lot of football um, a Texas kid and someone that um, clearly actually um, is someone that I, I think at a position we don't have a ton of depth for. Um, so it would be a long shot uh, for someone from the outside as an undrafted guy to come in. But um, certainly we talked a lot about the defensive line and uh, they didn't really invest much either in the draft or in the free agency pool so far. So he might be a kid. Again, let's keep an eye on him and see what he can do in camp. Yeah, I mean, Fackrell's gone, right? We know who our top three pass rushers are with the Smiths and Gary. Um, last year, we only kept four. We might keep five this year with some of the prospects that we brought in at near the end of the draft. Uh, but this Delonte Scott kid, uh, I love his size, Wags. He's, one, he re, he's got that bigger body, big size. And, um, you know, I think that he's just a, a nice all-around uh, football player who, who may be able to make his way onto the roster. Reminds me a lot of our seventh-round pick. He's a long kid, 
long, long, right? And he can just run sideline to sideline. Um, and I love it. You're right. I love that you sense the, the theme. I didn't notice it. All these Texas kids coming a, uh, on board here in Green Bay. Uh, Texas is known as a football state. And uh, I'm excited to see what Delonte can do. Yeah. And I mean, with his size um, and frame, I wouldn't be surprised. He's already listed at over 250. And the Packers <laughs> have him as an edge. I, I'm telling you, if he wants to put on a little bit of weight, maybe um, maybe his future is to play as a traditional defensive lineman in this 3-4 scheme, um, certainly not as a nose guard. But um, if his frame can, can support it and he's got that um, uh, quickness as a, since from playing the defensive end and, and edge position in college, uh, perhaps he's someone that could um, – um, grow into uh, more of that defensive line position. Um, so that would be something else I would keep an eye on uh, with this kid as well. So, Dane, um, next up, let's talk about Darrell Stewart, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. Now, I know that you really like him. For an undrafted guy, um, what can you tell us about Darrell? I really like him. Uh, he's going to be a good personality. First, uh, first, maybe not first when we're talking football, but he's uh, he was uh, awarded, I think, three years in a row. I saw he kind of got like the um, class clown award, goofy guy. He's going to be fun. Um, really talented football player. Makes a lot of hard, difficult catches. Um, challenge he's run into Wags in his career is sometimes uh, the easy ones, uh, quote unquote, are the ones that he's had some challenges with. Uh, had a really nice start to last season at Michigan State uh, before uh, going down with some injuries in November. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Packers didn't draft any wide receivers. We like who we got on the roster, but this kid is a, a slot kind of guy, uh, a guy that can make some plays for the Packers. And um, I'm just excited to see what he can do in camp. He just strikes me as a young man who, if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. And I mean that in the most positive way possible. I think he's looking for this opportunity. The Packers are giving it to him. And look out, um, he might make this team. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what I really like about him is he, he just soaks up everything. And, and here's a quote from him about uh, the, his combine experience. He said, it was just a great experience. I've been watching the combine ever since I was a small child. I grew up watching it alongside my cousins and brothers. We all used to gather around the television. To just be there was an amazing experience. It was very surreal. So, I mean, here's a kid. You know that um, he's not going to take anything for granted, just loves football. Um, and he's in there to compete. You said it, Dane. Um, there's not – I don't think – we're gonna. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that there's any locks at the wide receiver position outside of Devonte Adams, and I'll be honest, there's probably a couple of others uh, that are, are are pretty likely to make the team. But it's hard for me to project exactly who is a lock and who isn't. So he's gonna have every opportunity to come in and show what he can do, and he's got a little bit of it. You said it's a little bit of a different. Um, look that he can give um, we've got a lot of tall wide receivers that uh, would traditionally line up on the outside um, but Darrell Stewart is definitely uh, a slot guy so uh, he might be someone to keep an eye on as well um, so Dane just kind of um, you know going through some of the rest of the guys and you know I want to give everyone their due um, is there anyone else 
um, you know, when you're look, going through the rest of them that really pops out that you'd like to touch on first? Yeah, Wags. Chris Barnes, UCLA uh, linebacker. Uh, just he's the kind of guy that you and I absolutely love. He's like a lunch pail kid, right? He, he's like a hard worker, uh, one of those guys that just earns uh, everything that uh, he's ever been able to, to achieve in football. He's a little bit on the, the quote-unquote smaller side, um, but he plays a bunch of different roles, has done an awful lot of different things for UCLA, which, um, you know, playing at a bigger size school has definitely played against some pretty good competition. Um, I just like the way he flows. He's kind of got those loose hips with how he plays the game. And, um, you know, he, he was a full-time starter both his junior and senior year. So he's one of those guys that you just like to have on the roster and um, could be, and I, and I stress could be, um, one of those guys where, um, you know, late in August, early September, we're going, how the heck did this guy not get drafted? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can never have enough guys like that on the roster, right? Because um, if nothing else, he's someone that can be waiting in the wings um, to, to get his opportunity if he's able to fight and, and, and claw his way um, at minimum onto that practice squad. And, you know, those spots are at a premium too. So um, let's not forget, we bought back – all of our practice squad guys from last year, uh, from the end of last season, um, uh, aside from now Manny Wilkins, who uh, moved on after the draft. But um, these, these are all guys that are going to be looking at this as their opportunity, right? So, Dane, uh, can, can we talk a little bit about Patrick Taylor, Jr.? He's uh, yeah. running back out of Memphis. He's an interesting prospect to me. Um, Kind of an unknown. Um, he was uh, played behind Darrell Henderson, who was a third-round yeah. pick um, a couple of seasons ago, and was expected to be the full-time starter for Memphis this past season. Ended up uh, getting a season-ending injury, so wasn't able to really pop and show what he could do. But um, obviously now he's gone under the radar. Uh, he's, you know, again, not someone that we would expect to make the roster – but suddenly we've got a lot of competition at this running back group, don't we? Wags, you said it. And I'm going to say something here right now uh, that um, I've been thinking about. And that's that I don't know if Jamal Williams right now is a lock on this team. Uh, the way this, the team is operating. Uh, brought in a second round pick at running back. Aaron Jones is obviously the, the lead dog here. Um, but with Jamal Williams being a um, free agent after this season, uh, I really like, and I know you really like Jamal Williams too. I think he adds an awful lot to the team. However, um, there's only so much that the Packers are going to be able to invest in one position. And without the Packers doing the, um, uh, making any um, uh, high round picks at wide receiver, I think they will continue to try summer going into the fall and uh, all of that's to say I mean I listen I'm not looking to play the the skeptic game or the uh, you know um, looking too deep I'll let the the Packers front office um, you know do their due diligence however um, if Patrick Taylor from Memphis uh, comes in and plays ball the way that I think a lot of people think he could um, 
it might make a decision like a Jamal Williams decision just that much uh, easier. Uh, I'm not saying it's likely, uh, but he is uh, truly an unknown wags, but I like his size, you know, 215 plus pounds, another big back to complement uh, both our second round pick and Aaron Jones, um, just somebody to watch. And I'm curious to see uh, what he can do on special teams as well. Yeah, and you're right. I, I do love Jamal Williams, but I've been saying since the end of the season that I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Williams gets traded. Uh, now, I, I don't know how easy he he's, um, would be to trade, uh, certainly coming into the final year of his rookie contract. Uh, probably not a guy most teams are looking at spending money on, but um, situationally, he's, he can bring a lot to the table as a, you know, a, a pass blocker. Um, but that's not something that the Packers are going to be paying a, a premium for uh, right. going into next season. So perhaps this is a move to get out in front of that, bring in some extra competition, see if someone can beat him out. Uh, Dane, that would be surprising. But, you know, stranger things can ha- have happened if they've got someone that you know, all things being equal, uh, they feel can bring to the table what Jamal does uh, at a lower cost and potentially locked in for a few more seasons before they would have to pay him. That might be where you could see a move happen. So uh, I, I, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, I think stranger things have happened and it just unfortunate for Jamal Williams. He just plays a position that uh, is not, uh, you know, is highly valued in this league. Uh, but um, uh, he's going to obviously do everything he can do to, to fight all these youngsters off uh, and lock in a, a, at least one more year with the Packers. Um, so, Dane, let's stay in the backfield. Yeah. Fullback. Um, so we had an opportunity to uh, interview his college roommate, or, or not roommate, I should say, um, his college teammate, uh, and Jalen Morton, and we'll talk about him in a second. But uh, we added a fullback slash H-back to the roster as well uh, in Jordan Jones out of Prairie View A&M. And, I mean, I don't know if we're going to carry a fullback uh, or not. However, he's a fullback, and it's like the only guy I think we have on the active roster that's technically yeah. listed as a fullback. So, Dane, what do you think about Jordan Jones? Oh man, I mean, I don't know much about him. He he was a bit of a tight end, uh, uh, you know. Played a little bit of that uh, tight end and H back uh, once he transferred to Prairie View. Uh, Wags, I do know that prior he actually was over at Grambling State, and there he was more of your uh, stereotypical, more routine tight end. Um, so I haven't been able to watch an awful lot of tape on this young man yet, uh, but I am pretty curious to see. Um, how he fits in. I thought his 2019 looked pretty darn good, almost 500 yards um, receiving and uh, and four touchdowns. But you and I w- both know awful well that the fullback's job isn't to, to put up stats. It's to do all the dirty work in the trenches, open up holes, pass block for your quarterback, uh, and probably play a little bit of special teams too. So again, if Jordan Jones can can make a name for himself on the special teams units here in camp and can show enough flashes, uh, there's an opportunity for him maybe on the 53-man roster. But, Wags, 
really possibly, I think, as a practice squad guy with a with an opportunity to maybe be elevated to the regular season, um, you know, as the roster shakes out throughout 2020. Yeah, you know what they say. You don't necessarily want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none, but um, the versatility on this team is a good thing. He's got a lot of special teams experience. He can catch the ball, and if he can really show that he can be a blocker, line up at multiple positions, both in the backfield and uh, at each back or even on the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, it, he's, he's going to have a ton of competition and he's, he's going to be a long shot, but um, you know, he's someone that might be able to bring something that no one else is really able to do. So uh, another name to keep an eye on. So Dane, let's talk about his teammate then from college, yeah. Jalen Morton. Um, good kid. I had a, a good time interviewing him and uh, folks, if you didn't get a chance to listen uh, to that interview, go back and, and give it a listen. Uh, it's a quick, uh, 15-minute podcast, but packed a lot of uh, good stuff in there. And, um, you know, he's a, a big kid, 6'4", and uh, as we talked about on, on his pod, got a cannon arm, um, got a, a, a great personality, good athlete, um, kind of a late bloomer, uh, and uh, another Texas kid, uh, likes to win, uh, has some, some great leadership qualities. So, Dane, what are your thoughts on, on Jalen Morton? Yeah, I'm actually really excited about the uh, the acquisition of Jalen Morton. Uh, the Packers clearly were too. Um, Manny Wilkins, who was on the practice squad all of last season, is no longer uh, with the team. Obviously, we know the big dogs in Green Bay at quarterback. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers does not need an introduction. Uh, Jordan Love is getting as much press as anybody right now coming in as a first-round pick. Timmy Boyle, aware of, was our number two last season. But now we've got Jalen Morton. And it's going to be interesting. I think if he shows the, the talent that we think he has uh, and what he's been able to display so far, um, I actually think that the, the arrow is still pointing way up for this kid. Um, uh, his nickname in college was Baby Cam. He looks an awful lot like Cam Newton. Uh, as you mentioned, Wags, really big kid, uh, over, you know, six, four, uh, big, big cannon arm. Uh, I think that, um, I think it's more likely than not quite frankly, that the Packers keep two quarterbacks on the active roster this year, and then try to stash a third on the practice squad. And if Jalen Morton shows what we think he can, he's got a true inside track to learn from the great Aaron Rodgers to watch in a, in a good learning environment that Jordan Love's going to be a part of as well, and uh, really learn, soak it in, and, and be a big addition to this quarterback room. And you said it, Wags, conversation we uh, had the opportunity to have with Jalen after uh, the, the podcast wrapped up. You and I were talking, and we were like, he's going to fit in really well in that quarterback room. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dane, why don't we shift over to defense and talk about um, some of the DBs we picked up? Because we got a couple of, I think, some really intriguing guys. Um, I'm going to start with Stanford Samuels, cornerback uh, out of Florida State. And um, he is widely considered – to be one of the best, if not the best player uh, overall of all of the undrafted free agents. And the Packers were able to lock him up. Um, he was someone that was rated as high as a six-round value. Um, and so 
um, for whatever reason, he slid under the radar, uh, ran a little bit slower uh, in his 40 at the combine, just a 4.65. So uh, that was uh, probably contributed pretty heavily to him dropping. Uh, but uh, play big school kid. Um, had uh, a lot of experience, um, uh, played over 30 games in his career at Florida State. Uh, so, um, what do you th- what do you think about this kid? I mean, uh, he comes in with some some size, uh, a great arm and wingspan. Um, do you think he's someone that has a chance to compete and and uh, potentially make this roster as well? Wags, I mean, you, you said it all. I think that he should have been a draft pick. Um, the Packers were able to land this young man who has a ton of experience. Time is what people are talking about, and they're saying that he ran the darn thing a little too slow. They're saying he's like a four six five forty guy, um, but it turns out that there was a lot of other issues going on there. Uh, he had to take a stress test in the days prior uh, because they were checking heart condition. Uh, all that's to say, I think he's a little bit faster than that 40 time. He certainly plays faster than that 40 time. And the Packers have a very, very good nose, Wags, uh, for finding late round or undrafted defensive backs that can come in, contribute, and contribute early. Um, I think that uh, Stanford Samuels the third, if he's not on Green Bay's roster this year, he's going to be playing in the NFL somewhere. Um, and, and I think that looking at he and a, a couple of the other guys at the Packers that we haven't talked about yet and that we have talked about, I think this is a big reason why I'm not so sure the Packers are going to be uh, calling Tremont Williams back anytime soon. Um, I think that the Packers are going to see what they have in some of these young guys because I think, quite frankly, they landed a stud in Stanford Samuels, and there's another guy we're about to talk about that I think might be a stud too. Uh, yeah, uh, Will Sunderland um, out of yeah. Troy, and this is a kid. He was originally a four-star recruit. Uh, was uh, in Norman to play at Oklahoma. Was expected to uh, compete for a starting job in in his second season, um, and uh, unfortunately ran into some personal trouble um, and uh, had to uh, had to transfer. Um, I shouldn't say personal trouble. He did get into a little bit of legal trouble there. Uh, but we've seen that all the time with these college kids. And uh, I'm not just going to sweep it under the rug. I'm sure he's uh, had to answer for it. But he was able to to go to Troy and regroup and, and have a couple of strong seasons there. Um, so I'm willing to give uh, these this guy a, a, a chance. Um, so don't write him off. Um, obviously, he's uh, someone that's going to have some very natural athleticism, uh, had a good 40 time, uh, ran a four or five 40 at the combine. Um, and, and he's got some, some good lateral quickness as well, uh, as his, uh, cone and shuttle time was pretty solid as well. So, um, he's someone that I definitely think, uh, will be competing, uh, with this group. We've got a lot of young talent in that DB group, but, um, we only spent one draft pick, um, on, on the, defensive back position uh, that was a safety position so um, he's going to come in and and I think he has as good a chance as anyone to dial it up and, and compete and, and try to make a run at the roster spot as well yeah 100 percent. I mean if he can run wags and he can run really darn well for a bigger guy he's six foot two I mean you know he's not a 510 corner out there uh, so he's got the length I really like, uh, I was able to watch a little bit of his highlights and some of the work he does. 
Um, he's, he can be physical. Uh, he, he looks like he's not going to be intimidated. He's not going to be pushed off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he's jamming wide receivers at the line, just kind of does the stuff that the Packers seem to like. And um, he reminds me, he's kind of got that nose for special teams, you know, is my take. He, um, some guys you can tell kind of have a swagger about them, have a nose for the football, have a passion. They play the game at maybe just a slightly different energy level than some of the other guys on the field. That's who Will Sunderland is. Um, very clearly. Uh, he's a passion guy. He's a heart guy. I promise you, Wags, this kid's going to be gunning down the field on special teams in the preseason. And you and I are always looking out for those guys. I know at some point you and I are going to be like, holy smokes, that kid likes to play football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so that brings me to the next kid. We got, um, wait for it, Dane. another <laughs> Texas kid, Henry Black, a safety out of Baylor. Um, ton of experience played played all four of the last seasons uh actually played over 50 games at Baylor um you know played sparingly his first couple of seasons uh but was able to to rack up um, quite a few tackles um had 40 solo tackles 62 total total tackles this last season um had some pass four pass def- def- defended um so this is a guy that uh, likes to fly around the field and come up and hit um, so, uh, he, you know, Baylor, a big-time program. Um, he was recruited as an outside linebacker um, and ended up uh, shifting back to safety. So <laughs> um, I don't think it's too early to say that he might be someone uh, that uh, is competing, uh, again, for that hybrid-type uh, position and having some versatility to move around the field. Coach Patton loves these guys, Dan. Well, shocking, right? We found another kid who might be able to slide into that middle linebacker role in the dime. Um, I love that. I, it, it makes me laugh because those are always guys that can kind of play the special teams role because any of the guys we're talking about are going to need to make their mark on special teams first and then work their way into base defense. Um, but yeah, he played corner. Weggs, he, he, took, he took snaps at the slot. Uh, played man coverage. He played linebacker. Like he did a little bit of everything. He's he's a football player, and and that's like the highest compliment I can give somebody. And Jalen Morton, when he was on our pod, uh, said that um, that he he knew who Henry was, and and gave him very high marks in that podcast as well, and just said that he's a football player too. So um, just excited to see him uh, come in, work his way in, and I mean. The defensive backs that the Packers were able to bring in um, here in the legs, I think a, a fair number of these guys could have been drafted, and we really got kind of the pick of the litter, so to speak, at this position group. Yeah, yeah. So the final guy I want to talk about, and this just seems really fascinating, um, uh, Dane. Another Canada kid, uh, Mark Antoine DeCoy, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, a safety out of University of Montreal. Um, he's a little older, 25 years old. Uh, and this is right up your alley. He's uh, apparently a video game studies major. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I will that. say yeah. this. He had uh, 10, 10 interceptions in the last three seasons um, and uh, played – uh, 28 games over his career, um, has some special teams experience. But listen to this, ran a 4-3-6-40 um, and had a 37-inch vertical jump um, at his pro day. I, I mean, so talk about someone flying under the radar, a little older, 
um, but um, just seems to have some eye-popping athletic ability. Bigger kid, almost 6'3". He's listed at 6'2 and 3 quarter. Um, so uh, nice size. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much uh, big-time football experience uh, he has. It doesn't seem like much. But uh, perhaps from a very raw athletic ability, why not take a flyer on someone like this? Um, we've, we've got someone that's been hitting the, the Canadian scouting pretty hard. Yeah, well, we, we, you know, we, we've got uh, Reggie Begleton, uh, the wide receiver, who is a, a huge receiver in the CFL last season. We have uh, Deshaun Amos, who was also on our podcast pretty recently, a cornerback. Uh, also uh, played in Calgary last season in the CFL. And now we have this young man, Wags. And I'll tell you what, you can't teach speed, right? Uh, So this kid, to your point, he can just book it. He can fly. Um, My concern for him is the learning curve is going to be pretty extreme. Um, Last season, he played the position of strong side halfback, (laughs) which is a defensive position in in Canada. You know, there's definitely going to be a learning curve, I think, with um, terminology alone. And football, um, obviously a physical, physically demanding game, but there's also a huge mental aspect that I think that uh, fans uh, definitely don't think about all the time. So he's going to need to learn a lot of terminology, but he can fly. He's shown a lot of natural instincts, and um, I'm excited to see uh, what kind of project he's going to be when he comes in here. He comes in with a good attitude, likes to play in cold weather. Hey, welcome to Green Bay, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the Packers uh, certainly <laughs> have some history during this. I mean, just last season, they brought in uh, our buddy Gerhard DeBeer, and he had quite yeah. a bit less football experience than this kid has, but uh, just a, you know, a, a great athlete for um, his size and his position. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't pan out for him, but um, certainly uh, made some waves early in camp. So, uh, you know, again, why not take a shot uh, on someone with that raw athletic ability, uh, kind of some uh, limited football experience, but uh, he's played three years in Canada. Um, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I think he might be someone that uh, we want to try to get on the pod because if nothing else, I bet he's got an interesting story to tell. Uh, so Dane, um, all right, that just about does it. I don't want to uh, skip over. We've got two, two we more got guys. I know, I know. We've got two more guys. I wasn't gonna, yeah. wasn't gonna stop. So um, we had one more edge I'm shaking guy. in my boots. Here. <laughs> yeah. So Tipa Gilal, uh, edge guy out of Utah State. So Jordan loved teammate, um, and uh, this is a kid um, uh, that uh, had some some pretty good amount of experience as well uh, played uh, close to 40 games in his career um, started off at TCU and then ended up transferring to Utah State um, and um, uh, he's someone that uh, is such, definitely a traditional speed and edge rusher um, listed at 235 pounds so what do you know about him Dan? Yeah um, well first of all um, he has one of the more interesting names in, uh, in, in football right now. Uh, Wags, I looked him up and, um, cause I was like, how do you say it? So Tipa 
and then the last name, and I'm probably going to get it wrong, and I'm looking at uh, how to say it. It's Tipa Nalei. Tipa Nalei. It's such an interesting name. Um, kid, he actually wore the same number as Jordan Love. Uh, they both wore 10 there at uh, Utah State. And uh, what I like about him is he's kind of got that good, um, that good size once again. Um, you know, 235-pound edge guy. I'm pretty productive, I thought, particularly in 2019. Um, in, in 12 games, he had 50 tackles. Uh, in 2018, he had 64 tackles. So he sticks his nose in there a little bit. Uh, he's a transfer kid. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't play all four years there at, um, at Utah State, but definitely a kind of guy that I think that the Packer fans are probably going to like quite a bit. Um, he's got, um, he, he's disruptive. And I think that that's what's important. He's one of those guys that uh, just seems to have um, the intangibles that you want to have in a pass rusher, has good feel for the game. He's just going to continue to put it together. And, and again, with the Smiths there, um, for, for these young guys to learn, they know so many of the tricks of the trade. I'm really fascinated to see what Tipa uh, learning from such talent in front of him. And if he can continue to put things together at the next level, uh, there's a chance because, again, there's a fourth spot open there at the pass rush position. And uh, I, right now I think there's about five or six hands in the air uh, trying, to, trying to grasp that. Uh, job away from the rest of them and I, I'm so excited because there's going to be a lot of competition at that position this season yeah absolutely so um, I believe this is our final guy then that brings us to Willington Previlon and I may be mispronouncing his name as well so I, I do apologize uh, but he's going to be a defensive tackle out of Rutgers and um, you know this is a kid Again, a lot of experience, um, was an honorable mention, all Big Ten pick um, this past season. Tough to do. Rutgers has had a, a tough go, uh, especially the last few seasons as a program. So it's really hard to uh, stand out and, and get any individual recognition um, when you're part of a program that's really struggled. Uh, but um, he has uh, played a lot of football uh, and was selected as a defensive MVP. Uh, for Rutgers this last season. So um, certainly a guy that um, uh, that uh, you've got to love the character uh, playing, you know, through some adversity from a team standpoint, but just going out there, giving it his all um, and uh, being uh, recognized uh, by his uh, teammates and by his peers uh, for having a really good and strong senior season for Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it, Wags. You really did. Um, Curious to see, um, you know, how, where he fits in along the defensive line. He's not necessarily the biggest guy. Uh, it's funny I say that. I'm talking about a man who's six foot five, almost 290 pounds, or maybe plus 290, but he's not in that 300 pound range. So he's not necessarily going to be that, like, uh, um, that, that um, nose guy that's holding it down necessarily. Although the Packers do really like some of these athletic guys. Um, across the line. So I'm curious to see what he's capable of doing at the next level. Um, but to your point, I mean, 
he was voted the MVP of his own team uh, as a defensive lineman, played for a Big Ten school, has played against good competition, can play in cold weather, not afraid of contact whatsoever, which I always like. Um, you know, can he eat up blockers at the next level? Uh, you know, wh- what's that going to look like? Uh, that remains to be seen, but he's a young man. He's 22. He's got some upside. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him. He seems by all appearances, everything I've looked at with him, just a nice kid who, uh, a nice kid off the field and a nasty kid on the field. And, you know, uh, Packers didn't draft much on the defensive line, uh, here. So, uh, and again, another opportunity for a guy like him to slide in and earn a roster spot here in camp. Yeah, absolutely. So Dane, um, I believe that sums it up then at this yeah. point. So I, I, I didn't mean to, to give you a heart attack by yeah. making you think I ended it up early there. Um, but I, I'm really pleased by what uh, this front office was able to do. Uh, it looks like we've got some, some very high quality undrafted free agents. And um, so it's not going to surprise me or you. And it certainly shouldn't surprise anyone else um, when, you know, one or two or even three of these guys end up making a run and potentially getting on that first final roster. And, uh, and certainly a couple will make appearances I, I, over the course of the season uh, as they always do. So any other final thoughts as we wrap up uh, this discussion on the undrafted free agent class? No, Wag, it's funny you said two or three. I was going to set the over-under at three. <laughs> uh, how many of these guys make the uh, the final roster? Um, just pushing some of the, the guys that are currently on the roster. I think that there's a real possibility there um, just with the talent level alone. Um, no, I just I think that the there's a lot of anxiety right now in Green Bay, in the state of Wisconsin from Packer fans about the early rounds of the I think the Packers have a plan. Um, they can scout talent. They found a lot of talent here in the undrafted rounds here, uh, or undrafted picks after the, the rounds of the draft. And um, it's just, there's always, always, always a number of guys in the preseason that just show up that become names that folks remember. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, I know Shandon Sullivan last season was not an undrafted guy, but he was definitely not somebody who was coming into Green Bay as a um, you know heralded high round draft pick. Um, he was a second year guy who who had played for the Eagles, but you know I don't think that anybody in Green Bay necessarily was aware of him coming in. And um, he is shown to be an incredible talent on the defensive side of the ball. There's a million stories like that in Green Bay, and I'm just eager to see which of these kids from this class are going to be the next guy to just show up, play the game the right way, be good Green Bay Packers and win some football games. Yep. So I think uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. So folks, thanks so much for listening. Please keep following along on social. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Rate us, review us. We so appreciate it. Uh, hearing from you as always so dane why don't we close it off um as we always do go pack go, go, pack, go.